Hey, Bitch Talkers, we got another special episode for you. Uh, this one's uh, number 141, and it is with Barry Jenkins, who is the director of Moonlight. Yay. And I couldn't be there for this interview, and I threw Ange into it because we could not miss this interview because this film has some legs on it for the awards season. So, Ange. And I had to talk to him. I well, yeah. It was like an honor to talk to him. I think if it was anyone else, you'd be like, I get it. No, I was down, but I was like, yeah, no, I have to do it with yeah. or without you. I was nervous, but I didn't. I don't. I don't like doing it alone. <laughs> Nobody likes doing it alone. Some do. Ange. Some do. <laughs> Depends. Anyways, anyway. do you have any little teasers <laughs> for our audience? Oh, well, yeah. So, okay, so it was uh, being held at the Ritz here in San Francisco. So I show up and, um, you know, our interview gets cut down. It was supposed to be a little longer. It gets cut down, which was fine. But already I was a little nervous, you know? Like, I was like, oh, I can't fuck this up. Like, I was... Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, you know, because I was standing in for you and it's yes. your podcast. You know, I didn't want to fuck up. So anyway, uh, so I, I trust anyone else. So I walk in there and already I'm nervous. And the way that the suites at the Ritz are set up is that so there's uh, one big couch mm-hmm. and then two small ones on either end. Mm-hmm. And Barry was on the big couch and Char was on one of the small ones. So I guess the average person <laughs> would assume, oh, I should go to the empty small couch on the other side. But. No, not me. <laughs> Did you just climb over Char? No, I or didn't. the table I climbed and just over him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, do, yeah. do you have to? You have a little input, Char, since you were no, there. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, you know, okay. it's so funny. It's like it's all. It was almost like um, what's it, the hug? You know, with oh, the, with, uh, Jonathan Gold. With Jonathan I'm Gold. ashamed of that hug. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> Like I put the, I actually had the microphones on the coffee table. <laughs> One was in front of the small chair because that's where, because you know the signage is in between the two chairs. Yes, yes. So they, so there's so, a shot there. So that there's take a one. shot of the, of the, of the shot of the two of them with the, with the picture in the middle, right? Yes. And then I'm there with on the other end controlling the board, right? And then. Uh, <laughs> And then the, the mics are like literally in front of the where they're gonna sit on the couch, and then she grabs her mic and she goes, "Is this mine?" And I go, "Yes." And then she and then climbs I climbed over Barry. Dude, and I, right now, on the like couch. I climbed over his legs, and I I'm so, I saw pillows. I want to sit. The other chair didn't have pillows, and I was like, "She wanted know. to be comfortable." And I, you know, just trying to. Get com- and I didn't think it was weird to me. That was just I wasn't thinking. Okay, where's where are they gonna take the shot? I was already nervous. You know, I was being rushed. I was standing in for you, so I was nervous, and I was like, "I saw pillows." Like, oh, somebody's nobody's nobody's wanted to sit on the chair yeah. with me before. No. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you're the first person who decided to sit next to me," and I was like, "Fuck, already." It's already happening. But then it was too late. I couldn't get up and move at that point. I was like, "Well, this is where I'm sitting, whether you like it or not." And um, so that was awesome. <laughs> but it was just—it was very. Uh... It's very Angela. <laughs> well, the best is that, you know, this is my day job, but I don't handle this client. And so my colleague, Marilyn, who I love, shout out to Marilyn Ortiz holding it down at Allied, uh, was texting me about Ange because I'm like, hey, how's it, how's it going? Oh and so God. she texted me a picture first of you <laughs> sitting there on the couch. And she's like, yeah. She gave me the whole blow by blow. So I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So at <laughs> the end, it was happening. No, sure. So when the interview was over, I texted Lim- and I was like, all right, you know, when, I think it went all right. It's all good. And I was like, and then she called me and I was like, I sat next to him. And she already knew the entire story. <laughs> That's like, what oh, the is that fuck, what she was dude? doing? Well, you know, uh, 
Karen and Marilyn who run things when we do these ju- when we've done these last who couple of awesome. junkets. Yeah, they're both so awesome. Uh, Shout out. They're always on their they're always on their like they're taking care of business on their phone because oh, there's yeah. a lot of coordinating to do, right. right? Yes. And so you don't mind them, you know, just kind of like being in stealth, in, right? In like and during these interviews, they're just kind of monitoring it and like they so they're, they're kind of out of the way and they sit like she's like sitting at the desk on, across the room, yeah, just kind of keeping an ear open, but you know that she's busy because she's on her phone. So that whole time she's on the phone, she's <laughs> giving you a play by. I'm play getting the play by play, guys. She was texting. All right, you know, Marilyn, we got to talk. Next time I see you, you know, I was going to tell her myself. I was going to break the news. Well, because Marilyn was like, are you sure you guys can't do this? Are you sure you guys can't do this interview? Are you sure you can't do this interview? Like the week before. And I'm like, dude, because she knew we, it's a whole thing. I was busy and I'm like, I'm not going to make Ange do this if she doesn't want to do it. Like, I get it. It's not her podcast. She's a guest co-host. And um, <laughs> and so I'm not gonna make someone do it if it's not her podcast. No, but as soon as you brought it up, I was like, "Yeah, I would love to because I love the movie." All and right. uh, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that yes. inspire you and that right. you want to emulate. So right. it was an honor. Any, but anyway, yeah. So I, from the start, was already like you already a climbed over idiot. him. Yeah, a and then what, didn't you mention the name? And then yeah, so. Because it was because it was such a rush, you know, I didn't really have any time to like talk to him. He actually had to go like get fruit and use the restroom, like so. I didn't really have any time to talk to him, and I just assumed they have a rundown of like, okay, first you're going to be they on do. this show and that show mm-hmm. and this show. So I didn't really tell him like, you know, it's it's called bitch talk. It's super chill, you know, and blah blah blah. I didn't have time for that rundown, so I'm giving an intro and I'm already nervous, you know. I'm like sitting next to him, and, you know, I'm already nervous, and I say bitch talk, and I'm like talking, and his eyes just bulge and I'm like I feel it I wasn't even looking at him at the time I was kind of just like in my head and I was like yes <laughs> what What did I say and he's like it's called bitch talk and he freaks out he thought it was the funniest thing oh, okay not yeah. in a negative way no, no, not in a, he was just totally intrigued because you know I mean I would imagine being on these junkets it's just like you know some of them are entertaining but it's kind of like the same shit the over same, and yeah, over yeah. again and yes, you never like stumble upon something called bitch talk you right. know what I mean it's like Whatever. So, it, did we catch that on? Is it in the interview? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Thanks, lady. Yeah, I was like, she, what's what's wrong? Angela, <laughs> Angela basically is like, I I can't I don't know it verbatim, but it's pretty much she's like, what's up, bitch talkers? And then all of a sudden she's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, what? yeah, I was like, what? what? Why are you looking at me? What happened? And he's I'm like, like it's did called I fuck bitch up talk again. Like, oh, I don't know. Did she's I already climbed else? over him and sitting on the couch with him, and yeah, now he doesn't exactly. know who he's talking to. My feet are on his lap. I thought we were good to go. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, so so that was funny. He thought it was hilarious. All right. And then that kind of threw me off because I was like, oh, should I talk about that? And right. I was like, no, but I have short amount of time and he I have was, all these questions. So. They were rushed because they had to be out of there. They had to be done with all the interviews by like 12, 15 or something like that. Oh. That's why we all got kind of squashed. Yeah, right, we right, got like a third of our interview cut. And, um, so, but that, that was fine. I mean, it was good. It was. Uh, and so he's like the food got delivered. And so he's like eating in between right, while right. setting up. And then, you know, like he's like just like making sure that he's trying to be as efficient as possible. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I did hear Marilyn like when Angela was coming in when he was like, OK, this is Angela. She's with Bitch Talk. Right, he right. Actually, she, she, he well, actually, she did say she that. She actually did that. But that. I'm sure he's running around thinking I want he's I probably hungry. And I had to pee. Yeah. Or whatever. And right. so he yeah, I, I guess it just kind of went over his head. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was hilarious. He like I felt his eyes bulge. <laughs> it was hilarious. Or but maybe I, my thing was at first my reaction was. Is he is he weirded out that he's a dude on a show called Bitch Talk <laughs> without any explanation? 
I think the 10 minutes could have been spent on what Bitch Talk was about. Yeah, he was totally intrigued. Good. Um, Maybe he'll listen to this interview and come back during Academy season so we have like 30 minutes with him because I have more questions. Go right, ahead, exactly. I have more questions too. I mean, to be honest. Barry, come back. Um, he, But he was so smart and interesting and uh, it was just so easy to talk to him, so down to earth. And, um, yeah, I, I want you guys to listen. And at the end of the interview, he uh, he kind of calls out bitch talk uh, and asks if we use a phrase in the show that, to my knowledge, we have not. So uh, listen to the sh- listen to the episode. And I feel like, Lim, from here on out, you got to use this phrase it's at least new, once it's in a new every hashtag, episode. Probably. It's so a new hashtag. I- I'm kind of embarrassed that we've never used okay, it. Okay, well. We'll talk about it at another time. Well, and before we, we jump into Barry's interview, hopefully he'll be back again. Push, 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 not judge. Uh, I do need to give a shout out to my friend who's headlining at Cobb's Comedy Club this weekend in North Beach uh, in San Francisco. His name is Patrick O'Sullivan. And uh, he has re- recurring roles on Dr. Ken. He's in the new YouTube Red movie, The Thinning. And he also is the former scoreboard operator of the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. That's how we met. Yeah. So awesome. he's got a lot of ties to the Bay Area. If you can go, you know, represent the Bay and support the Bay, go see him. He's hilarious. And um, without further ado, here's Barry Jenkins. <laughs> Hey, Bitch Talkers, this is Angela coming to you live from the Ritz-Carlton, and we have something really special for your ear holes today. We have Mr. <laughs> Wait, we're on a show called Bitch Talk? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. I didn't give you the precursor, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> is that why you looked at me that way? I was yeah. Like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, welcome. You as well. <laughs> we are with Barry Jenkins, who is the writer and director of the upcoming film Moonlight. And first of all, I just have to thank you. This is a hauntingly beautiful film, and I'm still moved by it. I saw it a few weeks ago. So first of all, thank you. It is an incredible movie. Um, And I learned that it was originally written as a play, Mm -hmm. right, by Mr. Terrell McCraney. Mr. Terrell McCraney. The one and only. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you how you got your hands on the play initially and what motivated you to turn it into a film. Yeah, uh, this group called the Borscht Film Festival, uh, which is based in Miami, Uh, they were mutual friends of mine and Terrell, these guys, Lucas Leiva and Andrew Havia, Um, and Andrew actually is one of the co-producers on the film, but they read uh, the piece, and it's funny, at that point, Terrell and I didn't know each other, uh, but these guys knew enough about both our life stories that when they read it, they thought of me immediately, and, and when it came to me, uh, the story was, you know, this isn't about you, uh, but it's about you. And when I read it, mm. um, I saw exactly what they meant. Wow. Wow. And so you read it and did you reach out to him and you were like, I have to do this? Was he searching for this to become a film? No, no. You know, He wasn't searching for it to become a film. You know, it was more that he, he knew he wasn't done with it. And there was something else that was that was to be done. And like I said, you know, these guys at the Borscht Film Festival... Um, with the Borscht Film Collective, uh, they thought of uh, they thought of me, you know, just because Terrell and I grew up blocked from one another. Both our moms went through this addiction to crack cocaine, and so and when I first read it, I, I honestly I, I I liked it. I thought there was something very potent about it, but it didn't register at first, you know. And so it sat with me for a few months, and then uh, I came back to it, and, and at that point, it like really really struck me. 
Wow. And and how how did he feel about it? Was he really protective of it? And was he, you know, this is a, a very personal, this is his story. You, you know, he, he wasn't actually. You know, I think, uh, you know, I described the process as being therapeutic. Um, and, a, and I also described myself as hiding behind Terrell in order to talk yeah. about some of these more personal aspects uh, of my own biography. And I think it goes both ways. I think in releasing uh, the piece to me, uh, I think Terrell allowed himself the space, you know, to 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 let it get out into the world in a way uh, without him controlling it, you know. Right. Um, and so I think in a, in this sort of a roundabout way, we were both doing each other a favor, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that process like for you to turn it into a film? Was it was it easy for you to write because it was so personal? Was it hard you, to? You know, it, it's I wouldn't describe it as easy, but it was fast. You know, the the once because at first I was giving Terrell, you know, I wanted Terrell to to write the the screenplay. You know, I wanted him to adapt it himself. You know, with notes from me, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because I wanted to preserve uh, his voice. Um, but he became a MacArthur genius, and so he didn't have time. Uh, to do it and so but we had had so many conversations at that point that he knew what it was I was going to do and so he gave me his blessing and uh, it only took 10 days to write the first draft and it was because well it was because there was so such potency in the source material Uh, and then B I just I knew these characters I knew this place you know I I knew Chiron I knew his mom Um, and so it was a different kind of writing process where you know, it was part craft, you know, but it was mm-hmm. also just like memory, you know, in, in these dreams. Right. Wow. And and that totally comes across. I mean, so the, so the story is told in three chapters mm-hmm. um, ch- from childhood, adolescent into young adulthood. And it does come across that way, like sort of like a dream, like like these are sort of like flashbacks of memories of these very integral moments in, in this kid's life. And um that that totally speaks out through the cinematography as well. I mean, it, at some points it feels like a documentary. It feels so real and so intimate. Mm-hmm. And, and then at some points it doesn't, you know. And, and our whole idea was to give ourselves the latitude to decide when it when it needs to feel that way, when it needs to have this this extreme fidelity to reality, you know. Right. And when it also needed to be not necessarily heightened, but when the character is going to dictate based on how he's feeling. You know, when we need to go out of reality, you know, and create the sort of visual imagery that that communicates these things you can only communicate in cinema, you know. Right. Well, were there some moments in filming because it was so personal to you that you're like, whoa, this is this is real. It's it's hitting me. Yeah. Pretty much everything that we did with uh, Naomi Harris, who plays Paula, the mom character, you know, all that stuff was, you know, I'm a very... I'm a very sort of, you know, filmmaking, there's all this machinery around, you know, there's all these lights and, you know, the camera's huge, there's all these mm. people. And so I can be very, almost like uh, like a craftsman approach to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I try to keep myself cool, calm, collected, you know? You know, we're going to film a love scene the same way we film somebody putting a pot on a stove. Um, but, you know, when this woman is there basically embodying your mom and, and wow. like performing these very dark things you guys went through, that kind of goes out the window. It's hard to separate. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it became, and, and, and we did all that work in such a short period of time that it was just like this very visceral, like uh, emotional sort of roller coaster. And speaking of the performances, I mean, the casting process must have been really 
intense as well because you're not only looking for great actors you're looking for the people that are going to embody the same character in three different parts of their life so how was that yeah you know we tried to be really thorough and, and cast a wide net you know we welcomed all comers you know and that's why you know most of the actors who play the main character all three of them they don't have a ton of experience you know mm-hmm. this is like the, the first big thing for all three of them you know for Alex the kid who plays Little it's his first thing wow. um, at all um, but you're right, we were looking for this feeling, you know, within each of these three men, you know, where you could sort of see a different person, but you could feel the same character. You could feel that little boy, that teenager, when you see this guy who's all rocked up in the third story. That That's exactly what it is. And it came across so well because I feel like they do so much with so little. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the dialogue, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of feeling and eyes. And well, what was weird, from, from, the, from the main character, there's not a lot of dialogue. Everybody else around him is talking and sort of telling him, you know, do this or do mm-hmm. that, feel this, Putting feel him that. in a box. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then it's why, you know, whenever he speaks, I feel like we earn the impact right. um, of those words. But when we were casting, we knew we had to find these actors who could emote without speaking you know and yeah. that was what the task was well and there are so many scenes that are that that still haunt me i mean and i took it with me and i'm sorry no 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 in a beautiful way and that i feel like i've been waiting to for a film like this there, this doesn't come out often a film that makes you feel and it comes from such a raw like beautiful i feel like beautifully painful place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um yeah because this is such a specific story about you know impoverished african-american boy growing up mm-hmm. gay you know trying to figure out his feelings it's a very specific story but it reaches out to anyone anyone who's ever felt that that yearning yeah i, I think because we we all feel like you know we're from a very particular place we grew up in a very particular way and we think no one else knows what it's like to grow up in this very particular place in this very, this very particular way. But then you see someone else's particular story and you go, oh. You're so connected to it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and and I've had 65-year-old, like, I mean, talk about, like, like upper middle class, <laughs> like, just all the whole gamut. Yeah. You know, I've had young people, old people, like, straight people, gay, just all kinds of people see this film. Um and they all come back with this just this very visceral reaction. It's like, that's not me, but I saw myself, you know, in that kid's struggle. And I think as a filmmaker, you know, any kind of storyteller, that's all you can ask for. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we left. I mean, there's this one scene, the, the song Hello, Hello Again by Barbara mm-hmm. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Immediately following the film, my friend and I had to go to a bar and play it on repeat and talk <laughs> about how we were feeling. I mean, I'm telling you, it was incredible. I... I I was that kid. I became, you know, I was in that place and it brought me back. So thank you so much. This is such a beautiful film. Everybody needs to go see it. I mean, it, it's so rare, like I said, that a film hits you mm-hmm. in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't wait to see what you do next. And um, thank you so much. You're so talented. So th- um, Thank you. Much appreciated. It was um, an honor. Yeah. So so I have one question for you. Do you ever say like, bitch, please on the show? Like, bitch, please. <laughs> I, I just feel like you got to throw it in there somewhere. This is my, no, you know, I'm and I don't normally run the show. Erin Lim, shout out to you no it's her it's her podcast i'm just you know guest co-host every now and then but thank you for bringing it bitch please (laughs) there you go bitch please give us more films barry jenkins all right it's official there you go (laughs) thank you so that was barry jenkins director of moonlight uh which i think has a lot of legs to get into academy season and please 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 go support this film that opens october 28th in the bay area And um, what was that phrase that pays? Bitch, please.
<laughs> okay, I'll, I'll start using that. And just to remind you, uh, my friend Patrick O'Sullivan will be headlining Cobb's Comedy Club this Sunday, 7 p.m. So go buy tickets, support local comedy and local comics, and uh, we'll see you on the nut- next... Oh, God. On the next... Three... <laughs> Three, two, one. We'll see you on the next bitch. Oh my god, bitch! Please <laughs> get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs>